everybody, and welcome to the Money Made Easy podcast. Every week, we will catch up with all things money, honey. It's your hosts, Angelica and Tisha. We're coming to you anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also follow along with us on Instagram at Money Made Easy Podcast and also on our website at MoneyMadeEasyPodcast.com. We'll be talking all things money, earning it, saving it, and investing it in the easiest way possible. Our goal is to educate, uplift, and empower you to feel confident in your financial decisions. Now, you may be asking yourselves, are you both money experts? (laughs) Heck no, not even close. We're far from it. We will be bringing on some of the best experts in the biz to set you up for success. Now, on to this week's show. All right, everyone. Today, we have the amazing Jessica Nunn, who is a partner at Skytail Group and takes pride in her experience in helping business owners and their families increase their financial awareness. Now, we thought that Jessica was the perfect guest for our podcast because she is known for building trust with her clients by making the complex simple and delivers financial solutions that are meaningful and relevant to her clients' lives and businesses. Let's welcome Jessica to the show. Hi, Jessica. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. Um, yeah, so if you want to just get started with how you got involved in the financial world and how, you know, what sparked your interest in working in finance and starting a company? Yeah, well, I'll say that since I was young, you know, probably my whole life, I've liked to do two things. Um, helping people and then also telling people what to do. My younger sisters will for sure tell you that I've done that my whole life. (laughs) So the financial world just provided me the opportunity to do both of those things. I think I was just naturally drawn um, to finance and um, in that direction. And so, yeah, it allows me to help people and to give advice, which I love and help people understand things that are sometimes complicated, sometimes emotional um, and help us kind of drill it down to what it really means. Were you always money-minded growing up? Did you uh, did your parents talk about money at home? Was that a topic that was comfortable? Yeah. I would say they were always pretty open about it. I always worked hard growing up. I was the teenager that had three jobs, you know, um, always working, always trying to make money. So, you know, our parents are really good about making us pay for our own gas and our own car insurance. So it wasn't really optional for us to have a job. We had to always be working and making money and kind of being independent. So I have an independent family. Um, and I think that that passed down to us in terms of finances and being kind of driven to that. Definitely. I think that's huge. That's great. Awesome. And so you are a partner of Skytail Group. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about what Skytail Group does and how you got involved with it? Yeah, my partner and I, Ben is his name. We started Skytail Group in April of 2018 um, after working with each other previously. And we do financial consulting for small businesses. So uh, really what that means is we just help small businesses and their owners understand what's happening in their business from a financial perspective. Uh, most of our clients are in healthcare or, um, you know, some sort of personal services where the business owner is the one doing the work. And that's important because, um, 
you know, oftentimes they're so busy doing their work, right, and making their business work and doing what they love that they don't take the time to kind of step away and understand what's happening from a financial perspective. So we sort of force them to take a step back. Let's see what's happening with the finances in the business. Let's, let's plan purposefully the finances of the business. We act as their CFO. You know, they don't have a budget or really a need to go hire a CFO in-house full-time. So we come in usually monthly and we help build budgets. We help them understand their cash flow, understand their revenue. What drives their revenue? You know, is it like your patients that are walking in the door? Is it something you're selling? Is it advertise? What is it? You know, what drives your revenue and how can we figure out the building blocks to understanding how we can earn more revenue or whatever the goal is. And then we map out their goals with almost like a financial plan. So if their goal is to grow their business to a certain revenue amount, like let's map it out month by month. It's going to take to really get there. Awesome. That's awesome. So much good information. <laughs> I can already Yeah, we, we really love it. We get to take people's dreams, you know, and put it on paper, put it in an Excel spreadsheet and help them see how they can achieve it. And usually when we're done with our first meetings or the beginning of our engagement, they say, wow, like we knew we wanted to get to that in revenue, but we didn't know, you know, that it just took this plus this to get there. Mm -hmm. And then when you get there, what's the cash flow? Like, you know, most of our clients, all of our clients are businesses, they're not charities. I mean, Mm -hmm. as much as they love what they do, they still need to bring home some money to make it worth it. So we need to show them, you know, that that doesn't have to be a frustrating thing. That can be an exciting thing. Mm -hmm. And let's, let's make a purposeful plan to make that happen. And I know today we're planning to talk about tax forms and tax information. Do do you all, uh, does your company do the taxes for the companies that you work with? Or is that just more, uh, you're knowledgeable in it and that's what you're going to share with us today? Yeah, good question. So I started my career right out of college as a tax preparer. And through that, learned how to help businesses and their owners and, you know, dealing with taxes, which is like sometimes a very scary thing for people, definitely a mystery, right? Everyone is like, what is this whole tax thing, you know, and what do I do? And don't send me to jail, please. So (laughs) I started in that world and that, you know, there's a consultative approach to that as well. But I'll tell you that tax world is very hard place. Like I applaud every tax preparer there. You're working crazy hours, six months out of the year. Um, So we have made the decision to not prepare tax returns. And we work with lots of groups locally and really throughout the country to make sure our clients have the appropriate tax preparer and the best experience. And oftentimes we act as a liaison. So we're talking with our clients every month. We can say, oh, hey, your income is a lot more than it was last year. I want you to make sure your tax preparer knows. We don't want anyone to be surprised. Mm -hmm. If we're planning out your income and planning out your expenses, we should be able to have an estimate and a plan of your taxes too, so that you don't, no one calls you on April 15th and says you owe all this money. You know, that's like the worst call. No one wants that. No. Wow. That's awesome. So amazing. Um, Should I we jump on in? Yeah. <laughs> yes. All the taxes. Um, all the taxes. Where do we start? I Throw- know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's why I think for this episode, we really are excited about it just because we feel that, I mean, just even if thinking about like 
teenagers who are just starting their first job and are thrown these tax forms. They have no idea how to fill out these forms. So um, first, maybe let's just start off with like the different types of tax forms and what each of them are used for or, um, or what the purpose of them are. Um, and then we'll go yeah. from there. <laughs> As a, so, you know, it's funny because we hear about, we hear from, you know, government and all these agencies saying, we're going to make it to where your tax form is just a postcard. And then they pass all these laws that are supposed to make it a postcard, and it's actually turned it into even more of a book. So tax preparation and tax forms are actually getting more complicated, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, it has its, its pluses and its minuses. But I would say the basics of the tax form that your, you know, average everyday person's just starting out or with a job would have to deal with is, of course, you get your W-2 mm-hmm. right at the end of the year. That's a tax form. So you need your W-2 in order to do your taxes. And then you're preparing a 1040. So a 1040 is the base, like the individual tax return. Everyone has the 1040. And usually if all you have is a job and you don't have a lot of other complications, you're just entering your W-2 right on your 1040. And it shows you, you know, the income that you earned from your wages and then the taxes that you paid in through your paycheck. And then the result of that is you either didn't pay enough and you owe more, right? or you paid in too much and you get a refund. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a common misconception, I'll have friends that I'll look over their tax return with them and they'll say, oh, why do I owe every year? Or, oh, I'm amazing. I'm getting this giant, re- I am the best tax preparer <laughs> ever. I get this huge refund every year. I am so great. So here's the truth with that. It's not the excellence or the genius in preparing the tax return that determines your refund. I mean, if you have a lot of complications, there are strategies and, um, and different things you can do to reduce your tax obligation. But if you have a W-2, it kind of just like is what it is. Mm-hmm. So what's happening and the reason why you owe a lot or you're getting a big refund is because you didn't fill out the paperwork when you first got your job right. And one of, the, one of those forms is a form W-4. So the same friends, right, who end up owing or getting huge refunds when they start new jobs, they'll call and say, what is this form? And do I put married zero, married one? If you guys remember kind of going through that at your first job and you're like, well, I'm married, but I have no kids. Is that zero or one? I have two kids. Is that two? I don't know. And it's just like four pages of if this, then this, but not this. Do you have a cat? You know, and and so (laughs) in the reality, I'll say even if you do that whole thing correctly, it's still probably not going to be right. Like it's just, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just not like, it's not really meant for, uh, it's certainly not meant for two like married high income wage earners. Mm-hmm. So I have friends in that boat that will call again and say, I owe all this tax. And I'll say, well, it looks like your tax rate's 25% and you're only withholding 9% of your taxes. Mm. right? 9% of your wages in tax. So that means that you're going to owe all this money. You're just not paying in enough throughout the year, mm-hmm. which is bad for her because she has penalties. She has interest. Like it's really a problem to not pay it in correctly throughout the year. So to me, probably the most important thing that your listeners, that people who are trying to get a handle of their tax situation is to fill out your W-4 correctly. Again, that's hard, right? Because, you know, it's asking you all these kinds of questions. So one thing that the IRS has recently done is they said, fill out your W-4 
But then we also have this tax withholding estimator online. You could Google it and you do a quick paycheck checkup. So you have to have a few things like you have to have your most recent pay stubs. You have to have last year's tax return. And from that, you can kind of do like a, a check and say, okay, I filled out, I told them I had two cats, like whatever it is, am I withholding right? So fill out the form the best you can, okay? The higher numbers you put on there, on your W-4, the less the tax it's going to take out. So if you want it to withhold more tax, then, you know, you can say single or married, zero. If you want it to, to take out less tax for whatever reason, then put one or two. But just general advice, if you're married and you both work and you both have good income, I would probably say zero, married zero, okay? And I'm not, you know, again, it's not tax advice and we're not telling you what you should do. No one call me and say, ah, I did your thing and now I owe. But <laughs> I'll say that's a good place to start. Mm -hmm. And then try this, this uh, withholding estimator. Try the tax withholding estimator on the IRS website. Just to even like mid-year, see how you're doing, see how it's going. If, it, if it's wrong, if it shows you're not going to withhold enough, call your HR, ask them to withhold more. Um, you can even tell them withhold $300 a month more. Like you can tell them amounts too, if it looks like you're not going to be there. So form W-4, when you get a new job, it's gross. It's like four pages for, it really just needs two numbers. Um, but do the tax withholding estimator at some point and just make sure you're on track. So and with so, that, go so ahead. So they can just, they can Google tax withholding estimator. Yeah. And maybe put IRS in there because it is through the IRS's website. Okay. So IRS.gov if you really get into it and want to read more. Okay. And then if someone is single, should they do single zero? Yeah. Single zero or single one, kind of depending on how much tax they want right. to take out or how much their income is. And then it's, it's usually calculated more correctly when you're single. You know, when you're filling out this form, it doesn't know if your spouse is making a huge income and therefore your bracket is naturally going to be higher or if your spouse is making less of an income and your bracket will be low. It doesn't know that. So you kind of have to think about it and tell them, you know, give a little. So if you know your spouse's income is high and your bracket will likely be higher, then just go with zero. Gotcha. But again, try that withholding checkup because, you know, the thing here, right, kind of what we said before is if you prepare your tax return <clears throat> and you end up with this huge refund and initially you're happy and spending it in your mind, you have to think about what you've actually done. You've given the IRS, people will say, right, like an interest-free loan. Throughout the, do you really want to be loaning the government your money during the year? Yeah. Or are there better ways you could have used that? Some people do it as a forced savings, like, no, I like my refund, yeah. that way I didn't spend it. I get it. But, um, you know, there's other ways to do that. Which we Better to save about. it yourself and invest it. Yeah, <laughs> pay yourself first. Let's not pay the IRS first, and then they give us our money a year later. Mm -hmm. So uh, that, to me, you know, sometimes, like, I would help my friend with her tax return, and she'd think I'm so amazing because I got her this refund. No, right? And I'm not bad if you owe. <laughs> it's literally... <laughs> a function of what you're taking out of your paycheck mm -hmm. versus what calculates at the end. So that's a 1040. Um, and typically a 1040, if you just have a W-2, like you're just going to have the first few pages, it's going to be very simple. They even have simplified versions of form 1040s that 
um, you know, are useful for, for people who don't have a lot going on. But I know there are a lot of people these days that have like the side hustle happening. You know, they have a hobby maybe that's turned mm -hmm. into something that generates revenue. And in that case, you might have a form schedule C. And that's part of your 1040. So it's within the same 1040, but it's a separate form that reports the income and expenses from either your self-employment, which, you know, if you have a side hustle, even if you're not making that much, it's still self you're self-employed, mm -hmm. right? It's a self-employment um, job sort of thing. So, you know, remember to think about all the expenses you incurred in earning that income and you report those on Schedule C also. And what about like for, I know when I was um, acting, I would have to fill some form out at on every job. Um, yes. So I don't even know what form I filled out. I should know this, but I don't. And no, every time I would yeah. be filling that form out on the, you know, I'm on set and I'm like, I'm handed this form and it's like, oh man, I know I'm supposed to know this. And it was the same kind of thing. Like you said, I would always be, you know, I'd, I would call or text my ex-husband. What am I supposed to write in here? Married, you know, we had four kids. I'm like, do I write five, six? Do I, I don't yes, know. Right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so let's so talk that about that probably a, a W-4 because they're withhold. They're asking you with that, how much tax do you want me to withhold from this job of yours? Another way to do it, sometimes you get asked for a W-9. I, I think a W-9 yeah, I've done before. A W-9 is for more like an independent contractor. Like if you're going to get a 1099 instead mm -hmm. of a W-2. So if someone asks you for a W-9, people will even call and say, I give them this information? It seems pretty private. Like, really, they need to know all this stuff about me? Well, the reason that they do is that they'll be providing you a Form 1099 um, at tax time that says, hey, this is what we paid you. Put this on your taxes. Mm -hmm. So it's required by law. You know, it's not like we really have a choice, but it's fine. So they'll give you a 1099, and that usually is what you'll put on your Schedule C. And then you'll think of any expenses that you had um, to go along with that. Like, if you had to, you know, travel to your gig or spend money on costumes or makeup or whatever it was, those would be deductible expenses against that revenue. So you probably had a schedule C if you were getting a 1099. Who knows? Who knows, right? Back in the day. Now you <laughs> what know. About, what about, there's so many side hustles now, like Uber, Postmates, Poshmark, selling clothes online. What are all, how do those types of side hustles um, I keep saying I'm going to sell clothes online and I haven't done that yet, but I need to. So when I do, what form will I fill out for that? Typically a W-9. Okay. So the rule is if you make more than $600 from somebody, they have to give you a 1099. And if they have to give you a 1099, they may not ask you your first day because they may not know how many, you know, how much you're going to sell here, right? If you sell a small amount. They may not need to send you a 1099 or they may be disorganized and not ask you till like right before they need to do it. Oh, we need your, we need your W9 so we can prepare a 1099 for you. And then you would get a 1099. Okay. So many numbers and letters. Wow. I know. <laughs> I know. And so, you know, I think for your listeners or for anybody who's like, ah, you know, this is a lot. How do I even do this tax return? Like, do I really have to do this? I would say again, um, on irs.gov, you could Google free e-file IRS 
or on the IRS website, free e-file. For those who make, the number changes every year, but it's somewhere around $66,000 or less, you have the ability to, to e-file your tax return for free. So you also fill it out online through like a software. So it's really easy. It's going to say, hey, on your, your um, W-2 that you get from, from your employer, tell me what's in box, not, box one, type that in. What's in box two, type that in. Super easy. Anyone can do it, right? And then, type, you know, fill in your name, your address, your social security number, all that stuff. And then you can submit it electronically. You don't have to mail anything. It's so much easier. So that's free for anyone who makes $66,000 or less a year. And you go to irs.gov and you can search in there for free e-file. Mm -hmm. um, if you make more than that, you should still consider e-filing. That website has resources. You just pay, right? But it's pretty small. It's a small charge. Or a lot of people will use TurboTax or something like that in order to just file it online. But most people should be able to prepare their tax return using a software online or something, and then they should e-file it. And the great thing about e-filing is if you do get a refund and you put in direct deposit information, it comes a lot faster. So they're going to snail mail you a check and it is like the slowest snail on the planet, or you can just get it direct deposited much faster. Definitely go that route. Okay. Awesome. We're going to include all these links on the show notes so that people can like find them immediately. <laughs> this is so good. Perfect. Awesome. And then let's see. So we talked about all the different forms. <laughs> um, so I guess what would, so would claiming exempt be zero or um, I know that. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, there is a spot on a W-4. Most people aren't exempt. That usually just means I don't need you to withhold taxes for whatever reason. Okay. I w probably wouldn't go that route because then you'll owe in April yeah. unless for some reason you don't owe. But um, like okay. if you're if you're a kid or you have a kid and you know you're going to make less than like $10,000, you're probably you're not going to owe tax. So you could put exempt. If, so if your 16-year-old is getting a summer job, that's a good time to put exempt on your W-4. If they're going to make less than 10000 or so, they won't have taxes. It, yeah. Otherwise, they'll file and they'll just get the refund. Okay. Cool. Awesome. That is good information. I mean, there's so many kids that are working these days. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, is, there a, is there a minimum that or a maximum that, you know, they can make 10000 or 12000 or uh it does change every year. I think for 2019, it is 12,000 mm -hmm. um, that you don't have to file. Cause, but usually you want to because you probably paid in tax and you want to get your refund. So generally, yeah. if you get a W-2, especially if the box that says federal income tax withheld has a number, go ahead and file so you can get your refund, um, especially if it's free to do it online. You might as well. Yeah. All right. Definitely. Um, I guess, what would you say is your biggest question that you get from, well, since you work with, I guess, business owners, business owners yeah, because um, I know a lot of business owners contract a lot of work out and all of that. Like, I guess, what is the most common question you get from business owners who are just starting out? Yeah. So they say, how can I pay less tax? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't and that everybody is actually a that? good, everyone says. So how can I pay less tax? 
Um, so how can are, we pay less tax? <laughs> yes, no, there are strategies and things you can do. I would say if you're starting to really, you know, turn your side gig or you are self-employed, um, there's some opportunities and you should probably sit down with the tax advisor and, mm -hmm. and understand like what expenses are deductible. I think people don't realize like the, all this driving that you're doing, running around to, to places, going to conferences, going to trade shows, whatever you're doing, that's mileage you can be deducting. Or, mm -hmm. um, you know, if you have, if you're doing your internet service, cause you're constantly working from home um, your cell phone, because you're on, you're on client calls all the time. Like if it takes your computer, because you had to log in anyway, to answer mm -hmm. your emails, like if, if it's a business purpose, the IRS says ordinary and usual, like what even does that mean? No one knows. So it's pretty great. Some people are more aggressive and, um, and try to deduct a lot. Some people are more conservative. It kind of just depends on how you feel and the risk you're willing to take, but definitely sit down with someone and Think about the expenses that you pay for in your real, just ordinary life and how much of those could you say you pay for those because of your business. Mm -hmm. And if you do, you should deduct those right on the Schedule C um, on your 1040 and that will save taxes. There are also some things when your income starts getting larger, sometimes it makes sense to like form an actual corporation or, you know, people will say, when should I incorporate? When does that happen? Um, you know, there's, you do that for different reasons. Some people will form an LLC, if you've heard that term, mm -hmm. for liability protection. So if, you know, if, if you're a physician or you're, you know, someone that has a risk or, or even, you know, someone who's doing something and we live in a litigious society, if you want to keep your business as a separate thing from yourself, forming an LLC will kind of shelter your business activities separate from you. So that's, something that you might talk to an attorney or talk to somebody about but even as an LLC you're oftentimes you're still that same schedule C you know you're not you're you're, you're not necessarily filing as a corporation so sometimes people will say when should I incorporate and there are tax reasons to doing that um, as your income gets larger I would say you know if your income's starting to be in the 50 60,000 70,000 certainly towards 100,000 um, from, a, from a sole proprietorship, like your own business, whether it's a side business or like your main business, talk to someone about whether it makes sense to incorporate and, mm -hmm. and file using a 1120S instead. Because there's some tax strategies to doing that. Okay. 1120S. Okay. That's for corporations? Yep. That's for S corporations. Okay. For an yeah. S -corp and then if you're a partnership, if you have a partner, then you are a partnership, whether you've decided you are or not, you are. <laughs> so you should be filing a partnership tax return, which is the form 1065. Okay. So, so many and it, with that, yeah, with that, I mean, I don't expect you to Google form 1065, print it and here you're done, but right. At least you know what the form is and you can start having conversations with a tax advisor about, what can I deduct again? You know, I heard this podcast and she said I could maybe deduct my phone. Um, just think about I mean, what Wi-Fi every month to know it. I've never even thought about deducting Wi-Fi every month, but that's definitely 
a huge part of, I mean, it's like, that's, it's, that, that's the thought, like whenever, um, you know, they say, you know, you should try and give up some things, you know, somebody's like, I gave up Wi-Fi. I'm like, how did you give up Wi-Fi? I would have no business if I gave up Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can't live at Starbucks, you know? <laughs> that's right. Don't give up your Wi-Fi. But, you know, people don't think about too, if you're, you know, like when you guys are together, if you go to lunch, Mm-hmm. Something tells me you're probably talking about work, right? <laughs> so is that a business meal? Do we need yeah. to be deducting that as a business meal? Wow. Um, we should be. So we, mm-hmm. the best way, you guys, to do it, just get a separate checking account mm-hmm. with a debit card. Deposit all of your revenue from that business into that separate checking account. And then use that debit card or, or just the checking account in general, like pay bills online when mm-hmm. it's a business expense. That way later you're not like, wait, what was that receipt? Let yeah. me add it all up. You just have one set of bank statements. It's all your business stuff. It's done. It's there. Yeah. And one um, app that I've been using, I mean, I don't use it as regularly, regularly as I should, but QuickBooks Self-Employed is really amazing because you, it's like Tinder where you swipe right for, I think it's swipe right for business and swipe left for personal. So it tracks all of your expenses. And I mean, I do have a separate business account, so it's helpful now. I just know like if that's my business account, I know that it's all business, but it's just, it's also a fun game to like, you know, swipe right for all the different expenses. And then also for mileage too, it tracks your, um, your trips. So anytime that you're driving, you swipe right for business or you swipe left for, and then it also has you, um, input like what you were doing. So if you were driving to a meeting or whatever it is, you can include that all in the app and it's super easy to track. Now it's obviously like something you need to be doing throughout the year and not like, you know, December comes around you're like, crap, I need to remember what I did this whole past year. But um, yeah, that's a great app that I've really loved and is a great resource for sure. That is like probably the most important thing. You know, if we could talk about what's the most important thing for someone just starting out in a small business who has a small business or a hobby, you know, whatever it is, if you're getting paid for that and technically you're supposed to report that to the IRS, Mm -hmm. if you have expenses, if you want to start tracking things, we love QuickBooks. We recommend it all the time for, um, even for, for small businesses, for someone who's self-employed. The great thing is as you grow and your needs become more complex, you can upgrade to different levels of QuickBooks online. We have clients making $20 million a year who are still on QuickBooks. So it, I mean, it, you, it can grow with you and keeping up with it throughout the year. Isn't that so much better than scrambling at tax time and saying, Oh, what was it that I did in February? Someone's asking me what this hundred dollar check was in February, but how am I? No, just keep up with it during the year. Sometimes you can keep up with it with a spreadsheet, mm-hmm. you know, but I love quick, it, it links to your checking account so it can pull all the transactions and you can just code them as you go and document like the IRS. If you ever get audited, they're going to want you to document. They're going to say, what was that for? Who was yeah. there? Um, just tracking all that along the way will make your life so much easier. Yeah. I know one thing that my, one of my friends, uh, Laylee mentioned to me was she likes to every day of the week, she she schedules a different task. And so Fridays are finance Fridays. So she'll do all of her tax stuff every Friday. And I'm like, if I just did this like January 1st or whatever it was, and you know, how much more productive I would have been. But, um, but yeah, I'd always, I thought that was like a fun way to like make it, you know, 
a little bit more enjoyable to attract your expenses. <laughs> I love that. And then she has an idea of where she is financially. And, exactly. You know, if her income is going up or if it's coming down or mm-hmm. if she's spending more than she's bringing in. Like we really, with our clients, you know, sometimes the most important part of our engagement is just forcing them monthly or quarterly to just take a minute mm-hmm. and stop doing what you do every day. I know you love it, but this is a business. Let's take some time and look at the numbers and see what's happening and make sure it's what you had in mind when you did this, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, no, it's very important. And I'm definitely guilty of not, of being so consumed with my work and not with the finances. And I'm just, you know, I look at it here and there once a month, but I'm, you know, it's not, yeah, I need to be more involved. I think it's super important to figure out the ways that, um, I mean, almost make it fun. Like you said, mm-hmm. swiping right or left or, you know, or at least make the goals fun so that it makes it easier to make yourself do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> because that's what I'm finding with everything as far as finance. The more that I get into it, the more, uh, the more I'm into it. Mm-hmm. The, um, because otherwise, it's like you said at the very beginning, it's scary, it's overwhelming, it's confusing, There, it's just all of that. And so you just, you know, you go, if you're like me, or if, like I've been in the past, I'm cha- I've made so many changes, but you, I was an ostrich and you just, it's like, I don't want to know anything or hear anything, mm-hmm. it's just too much. So you just bury your head in the sand or, or you know, you just don't do anything and that, that's not good. Not good yeah. at all. Yeah. So. You know, something that we don't think about as finance professionals, right? We do this every day. You know, it, it's just for us, it's just, it's literally money is like a currency. You know what I mean? How'd you do? Right. This was your revenue. This is your expenses. It is what it is. But for our clients, we have to really remember this. This is their business. This mm-hmm. is like their whole world. And I had a client this week tell me, it was so interesting. He said, um, I've ignored this the financial side of my business for so long because it is so emotional for me. So for him, it was very much like I, if I don't, like you said, if I don't look at it, then I don't have to know if it's bad. Mm -hmm. And he was raised to believe that money and finances were a stressful thing. Right. And I think, you know, some people that's the case you were raised in a situation where money was stressful So you still feel like money and finances are stressful. Mm -hmm. You know, your business is fine because you have money in the checking account. If you look beyond that, it will cause stress. So we don't want to do it. So we have to really help our clients see, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be stressful. It's, it's a thing. Like, let's just look at it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not a reflection of how you're of you. It's literally just numbers. We're just going to look, it has a meaning but if it's not, if, if it's something that's stressing you out and it's not turning out as you would like or as you had planned, let's dive into that and understand why mm-hmm. so that we can change it and together we'll change it and we'll make a new plan and we'll grow and we'll build and we'll accomplish the goals that you set out for yourself. But if you ignore it, it's going to get worse mm-hmm. or become a bigger problem and it doesn't go away. Yeah. So we try to have, let's just plan, 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 plan. Failing it's, to plan is planning to fail, right? Is that what it, yes. how it goes? Yeah, I think yeah. So. yeah. Definitely. Definitely one of those uh, things to remember. That's a great quote. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and I mean, I agree having your own business and it being your livelihood, like it's definitely emotional. And, um, that's a big reason why I ignore it too. Um, and a huge reason why I was so afraid of going full time was because I didn't want the finances to be the focus. Like I, I wanted, I love photography. So like, I didn't want it to become a burden on my life because I had to make more money to like pay bills or whatever it was. And so that was always my biggest fear. And so I think like it's just still ingrained in me to not really like, I mean, I have goals and I, I'm better than I was in the beginning, but it's still something that's not like a regular conversation in my business, which needs to be. Well, getting and better as you are in, as you're in your business for longer, one thing that we do with our clients that I think really helps, and you can do this personally too, if you don't own your own business, but it's interesting to compare year over year and see how far you've come and celebrate mm-hmm. that. So yeah. we like to put like year over year over year. How did you do in 17? How did you do in 18? How did you do in 19? Mm -hmm. Usually you do better as we're growing our businesses, as we're getting older and more mature in our careers. And and sometimes people get so stuck in the day-to-day, oh, I didn't make my goal this month. But then if you take a step back and say, but look where you were two years ago and look where you are today. Isn't Mm -hmm. that amazing growth? You take a minute, let's celebrate that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then we have next month. Let's, what, what should our goal be next month? Why is that our goal? Is, is there, you know, is that, does that make sense even? Yeah. And then let's work to achieve that. But I, we lose so much in the day to day and the busyness of things of just the gratitude and celebration for what we have built. Yeah, I agree. And when you're more aware of it, you're also strategizing new ways to make more money, you know, whereas like right now, like I am so in depth with editing that I don't even have time to outreach or advertise or, you know, all these other things that I could be making more money, you know, with my business right now, I'm just like, I have like mounds and mounds of editing to do, you know? So, but when you're more aware of, you know, like, okay, next month I want to make this much, whatever, you're then strategizing more ways where instead of like staying stagnant and just kind of taking what you can get in a way. Yeah. And, you know, as we're talking about this, it kind of feels to me like a lot like working out for me, like Mm -hmm. working out and getting into that routine is very hard at first. It's painful at first. You actually like kind of hate it at first, (laughs) but then once you get into it next week, I'm going to go three times Mm -hmm. and then you went three times and that was awesome. And you didn't die and it was okay. And you're stronger actually. And next Mm -hmm. week I'm going to, I'm going to go four times. Don't hold me to that, but we're just going to see how it goes. So if we can make a point to, to review our finances and to make a conscious effort to focus on them, you know, more frequently and, and purposefully, mm-hmm. then I think we'll be surprised at how far we've come. And I would say, you know, I know that we're all business owners here. And so it's a natural progression of our conversation. But this, this is true for a lot of people. But as you start to earn more money or your business is bigger or individually you're earning more money, your salary is higher, whatever it might be, you need to get help. Mm-hmm. So whether that's at home, you're working more, you're making more, your time is more valuable. Maybe you should have someone help you clean your house once a month, whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? Yeah. At, at the office, if you're spending all of your time editing or you're not able to do marketing like you would like, maybe you need to get a marketing strategist on board. Mm-hmm. Let's get some help and develop a team around us Mm -hmm. to help us do the things that we want to do. Because, you know, at some point 
as things grow and get bigger, it's, it's hard to do it all yourself and you end up spread too thin. Mm-hmm. So I would tell, you know, I, I know that finance is part of your life and part of the business and part of, you know, your world. But with that, you still have a life that yeah. you have to run. And sometimes it's, it's easy to, to want to put all that burden on ourselves. So um, I would recommend business owners, anyone individual, like let's get, build a team, just build yeah. a team around you. Definitely. Yeah. I know that's one thing I learned this year for sure is, you know, ask for help in any way that you can, because there's just no way to do it all. Like as much as you've yeah, tried. And it comes, and, yeah. If you're looking at your tax forms and you have all these receipts and it's <laughs> making your head hurt and you want to cry and you hate it, get some help, you yeah. know, go on TurboTax, ask, get a CPA, ask a friend, just get some help and um, don't feel like you have to do it all yourself or do it all alone. Mm-hmm. If you're getting help, um, is something like just um, online usually enough, or do you need to meet with somebody in your community that can help you? What do you, what are, what is the best way to find somebody that can help you? I think a lot of people underestimate their own abilities. I really do. And I know we're saying get help and then I'm saying do it yourself. But <laughs> I think go if you have all this stuff in front of you, especially if you just have a W-2, Give the online system mm-hmm. a try. Give TurboTax. You'd be surprised at how it literally says, type in what box one says. Now right. type in what box, are you married? Do you have kids? Like those, they make it really easy these days for you to just go through the interview questions mm-hmm. and, and then you're able to do it yourself. But if you hate it, like there are people who just hate it and it makes their stomach hurt and they just will choose to not do it then call a CPA in your town, ask your friends for a referral and just go Mm -hmm. sit down with someone and, um, and talk to them about it. Cause again, sometimes it's an emotional response. I just don't want to do it. Don't make me do it. Okay. Then let's get some help. But I would say that most people, unless you have your own business or it's a more complex situation, most people should be able to just file online. Awesome. You're giving us so much amazing advice. I am taking taking so many notes. Um, oh but um, let us or what is the best piece of money advice that you've ever received? So I would say, as far as money advice, you know, when you get your first job, most parents always tell you, "Do they have a four hundred one k? You need to do the four hundred one k, right?" And we're like, "Yeah, yeah, they have a four. Okay, whatever." But I would say do the 401k. Like I know your dad already told you to do it, but, um, and we can talk about this another time too, but saving early is more important than you think. I know people say start early, start while you're young, but when you do the math at what that truly, truly means, it will blow your mind. It's really, really important to start saving something early, as early as you can, um, that's probably the best piece of financial advice that everyone says that (laughs) everyone is saying that it's not anything complicated. You don't have to have an MBA for your parents to tell you to do the 401k. Right. So (laughs) everyone is saying that not a lot of people are doing it, but that's the biggest piece of financial advice I would give. It sounds like we could do a whole episode on how many grows. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We should definitely talk about that because it's, Part two. We'll have have you back. (laughs) Uh, We always like to wrap up every episode with two questions for our guests. Um, The first is, what is your definition of success? 
Yes, that's a hard one. I would say my definition for success, you know, sometimes being successful is financial. Sometimes it isn't. I would say just spending your time doing what you love, right? And if we can find a way to get paid for that, that's amazing. To me, that's success. So if, we, if we're spending our time doing something that we love and able to earn a living off of that, I think that that is the definition of success. And, you know, we keep talking about the side hustle. It's kind of the era of that mm-hmm. these days. And I just think it's really great when people can find a way to turn, like with the photography, you know, it's something that you love. I'm going to figure out how to do that full time. I would call that success as long as you're not like racking up all kinds of credit card bills and we may need to figure out a plan. But if you can figure out a way to um, be financially responsible with your life while doing something that you love, I think that that's success. Okay, great. And then what are three words that come to mind when you think about money? This one is so hard. I don't know why this is so hard. And I think it's because it's my all day job, you know, maybe that's it. Um, just, just right off the top of your head. Just, of words, but here's right. the words. So the first word that comes to mind when I think of money, and maybe people say this green, do people say that? Like I visualize it in my head. And so I, I love it. I love, I love it. it. Um, I don't think we've had that answer. And that makes such no? sense. That's yeah. perfect. An RC kind of thinker, but I, I think love it. green. Um, so I guess I'm just thinking of the actual dollar itself. I think in terms of cash flow, like what's coming in compared to what's going out. Mm -hmm. So that might be, you know, my three things right there. Green, what you're bringing in, what you're spending. Okay. Awesome. Amazing. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to bring on some beautiful tax (laughs) knowledge knowledge for us. Um, it's very helpful and I know you know, I know that these resources are out there, but it's just so nice to hear it from someone and just kind of, you know, break it down and make it easy for us to understand because it's definitely for those that aren't in it all day, every day, like Mm -hmm. you, uh, you've done a great job of making it a little easier for us to understand and to have the confidence that we can do this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you guys. Thank you very much. And we look forward to having you on and talking about how money grows. Yes, that'll be fun. Okay, you all know the drill. Please go give us a five-star rating and leave us a review. And might as well hit that subscribe button while you're there. And let's keep the conversation going on Instagram. Share your favorite part from this week's show. And we'll see you next Money Monday. Bye. Bye.